0: Hello everybody. Welcome to our Patreon episode. This is going to be a lot different. David and I are just going to be having a conversation about this story that I heard about slash found. I didn't find it. Other people found it. I'm going to tell them about that. Hang on.
1: I think you'll find this format a little bit different than the typical podcast. But I mean, you're a subscriber to Patreon and I think you deserve to see a little bit more of the real Michelle, the real David, you know.
0: I'm not trying to impress anyone. And you're going to get to see um, how talented David is in making, because a lot of people have been saying to me things that they've never said to me in my entire life. Like, you're so well-spoken and calm. (laughs) That's not the, David is laughing because he's very mean. No, David's laughing because I sound like a crazy person and he makes it, he makes it sound good. Okay, so. I'm going to tell David about this. This is a big issue that I'm. We're making light of it because there's really nothing else to do. Um, but it is a big issue, and um, we just don't have time to get into it in our regular episodes. We got too much content to get through. So I'm going to read you a quote that circulated on the internet a few years ago, uh, just so you can kind of understand. It, it helped me organize some things in my brain, and I'm gonna I'm gonna change the quote a little bit because it's it's hard to convey the meaning if you don't read it. Some people use the word respect to mean treating someone like a person. And sometimes they use the word respect to mean treating someone like an authority. Sometimes people who are used to being treated like an authority say, if you won't respect me, I won't respect you. And they mean, if you don't treat me like an authority, I won't treat you like a person. And they think they're being fair, but they aren't, and it's not okay. Wow. And that really helped me organize things because a lot of these, for this particular story, I watched a lot of body cam footage. And a lot of times the police officers are unbelievably nice to people, mm-hmm. very cordial, straightforward, everything's great. And then all of a sudden it turns. The person does something or says something simple, and then it turns into an unbelievably violent situation. Hmm. And so I think that quote helped me organize a lot of that in my mind. But anyway. And and I'm not I'm not saying that the police don't sometimes need to protect themselves, because they certainly do. Yeah, of course. But this is a different situation that I'm talking about. So, the Kentucky State Police. I sent David an email about this article that I found. It broke the story broke during uh the election, so it kinda went under the radar, even though it really got picked up by a bunch of major news organizations. So a couple of high school kids wrote this article and me saying it like that makes it sound like I'm, what they did was incredible and they did a lot of really hard work. And I, when I send people this article, I send them theirs, even though the story was picked up by like the Washington Post, New York Times, Wall Street Journal. I emailed it to David and he's opening it up right now. So while he's doing that, I'm going to give you a brief overview of the history of the state of Kentucky because it's important. So during the Civil War, Kentucky decided to be neutral. It was a border state um, between the North and the South, and it was strategically very important to both the North and the South. At that time, when the nation was so divided, it was unusual. I, I, I believe that Kentucky is the only state that decided to be neutral. It was attacked by the Confederacy, and the Union ended up defending it. Um, it was the birthplace of both Jefferson Davis, the president of the Confederacy, and Abraham Lincoln, the president of the Union. And just a little bit of history, the Confederacy wore gray, and the Union wore blue. And in a war, you're trying to stay out of the colors that you wear are pretty important. Okay, and I want to give you a brief overview of Kentucky now. So Louisville Metro Louisville Metro Police Department Uh, is the largest police force in Kentucky. They're the ones that killed Breonna Taylor, and we've talked about her before. Kentucky State Police is the second largest, um, but they have killed more people than any police department in the state. In the last two years, they've killed at least 16 people. Uh, For comparison, uh, the Louisville Police Department, the one that broke into a woman's home, shot her and left her on the ground to bleed out for 20 minutes with no medical attention, has killed 15 people. Um, So so one less. So one less. And so uh, if you want to get a... Just basic overview of the Kentucky State Police. Just Google Kentucky State Police lawsuit. There's a bunch. They framed several people for murder who went to jail. Three other officers in the Kentucky State Police Department tried to have filed a whistleblower lawsuit about other cops stealing evidence. A bunch of lawsuits about the culture of violence.
1: I'd be willing to to postulate that it's not a singular District that does that.
0: Yeah. And so when you look at the Kentucky State Police Department, it seems that it's pretty corrupt, pretty violent. And so you look at that and say, well, is this an individual cop problem or is this a systemic issue for this mm. police department? And I think you can you can pretty much see that it's a systemic issue. One of the lawyers that's representing a family that was affected by this corruption and violence got a hold of some training materials Okay, so the email that I sent to David is the article about the training materials. And everybody's like, well, uh, what's the big deal with training materials, you know? And so it's important to understand that the officers for this particular police department are educated in-house. They have their own school. They have their own training program that they certify officers through. And all the training is done by people that work for the Kentucky State Police Department. So all the teachers in this school are also police officers. So the presentation in question was a presentation given in 2013 by Lieutenant Kurt Hall. He worked for the um, KSP for over 20 years, served as the assistant commander of the academy from 2005 to 2015. And then he became the commander of internal affairs from 2016 to 2017 and then retired shortly after that. So this guy's a big deal. He's educating fellow officers. He is educating them for over a decade he also became the commander of internal affairs which is supposed to
1: organization that polices police officers
0: yes the organization that polices police officers this guy was the head of so just a little background on lieutenant hall i've emailed lieutenant hall he has not gotten back to me lieutenant hall when he was putting together his presentation that he was going to give for his class um he quoted a young politician uh, a young passionate politician he quoted his autobiography that he wrote while he was in jail in English it's called my struggles. The presentation quotes a bunch of people, but they quote him the most. And kind of the just to get you an idea, and I'm going to post the link to the article so you can look at the presentation if you want to. The entire presentation promotes a militaristic mindset for police. It's very you're the last line of defense, you're the lone warrior, you're the only thing standing in between your family and the enemy line, which is not at all how police should view their community, at all. Oh, and I should mention the politician that he quoted was Adolf Hitler, um, and his book is uh, Mein Kampf. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying he quoted it in a way of like, "Hey, don't do this." He quoted it in a way that he like, glorified it. Yeah, he didn't glorified, it. glorified it.
1: Glorified the he, words of.
0: It's an exciting read. Uh, if you want to look at it, it's very. Uh, I just don't usually see Hitler portrayed this way. Uh and he um
1: well not amongst organizations that are supposed to protect and serve a vast and diverse population, right?
0: Yeah. And um so the high school paper that broke the story before they released it they reached out to uh Lieutenant Josh Lawson who is who was the spokesperson, one of the spokespeople for the Kentucky State Police and he um he replied so so he is basically they said to him, "Hey, We've got these training materials where not only does the teacher quote Hitler, he quotes him several times and in a way that we should mimic. He's giving, he's letting Hitler give police officers advice on how to police their community. And for all you people that get mad at me when I throw around the term fascism, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's pretty justified. And I, I I would love for you to tell me how it's not. <laughs>
1: think if the cognitive origins of fascism is quoted and widely published <laughs> as, as uh, training. Like that, that could be a good cornerstone for your argument.
0: Okay, so um, you're sitting at your desk. You're a police officer. You're a spokesperson. You get a call from a high school kid who says, "Hey, we got some a hold of some training materials written by a man that this that Josh Lawson probably knows. They probably. I mean, it's not that big of a department." And so they say, hey, you know, he quotes Hitler in a lot of ways. Uh, he quotes Hitler more than anybody else. You know, we're a little worried about this. We're going to write a story on it. Do you have any comment? And as a, he, this is his job. He's the spokesperson. He says, <laughs> the quotes are used for their content and relevance to the topic addressed in the presentation. The presentation touches on several aspects of service, selflessness, and moral guidance. All of these topics go to the fundamentals of law enforcement, such as treating everyone equally, treating everyone equally in service to the public and being guided by the law, which is just a bananas thing to say to the high school kids that call you and say, hey, quoted Hitler. You immediately say, we do not support Hitler. That's number one. That's what you say. That's the first and only thing you say. We do not support Hitler.
1: It's kind of the antithesis of what <laughs> he what support it is. <laughs> he defended it.
0: He defended it. He said, no, 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 no. You're taking it out of context, which is just way out of left field. So Actually, way out of right field, I guess.
1: What we're saying is that the quotes and homage to Hitler are part of the presentation, how it touches on several aspects of service, selflessness, and moral guidance as a police officer. Unless you are not Aryan. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's—I think they lay it out pretty well. And uh, I think what two important things that you need to understand is when presented with this information, his first instinct was to defend it. And so he's saying, eh, I mean, you're taking it out of context. The quotes are not that bad. Yeah. Josh, they are.
1: <laughs> My favorite part is a little further in the quote where it says, all of these topics go to the fundamentals of law enforcement, such as treating everyone equally, service to the public, <laughs> and being guided by the law. I just don't understand how hitler quotes can equate to treating everyone equally
0: yeah and maybe we should even say like what the quotes are too so he 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 quotes hitler in a way that like when you're dealing with a community or when you're when you're a fascist and you're in control of a population the way that you need to keep control of that population is to implement regular and emotionless displays of violence so you need to send messages to the community that you are willing to be very violent and we know that from the history of the Kentucky State Police Department they have a ton of lawsuits for excessive use of force they have tons of officers that have multiple excessive use of force violations
1: this is irresponsible training i mean at the very aside from the moral issues that they have from it like further investigation into hitler's methods of demonstrating this violence showed and you and you see this through history that the people who had to enact this violence to the community went had huge mental health issues. That's why the gas chambers were invented so that they could anonymously carry out these acts of violence Mm -hmm. against people who weren't like them, Mm -hmm. people who dissented.
0: Well, and what's so sad is we're gonna talk about later in this episode as I go through this story, but for reasons that we'll get into in a minute, I know where a lot of the police officers came from And they're small towns in Kentucky. Um, And when you are, as we've talked about before, 70 to 75% of white people do not have a significant friend of a different race. And so you live in an all-white world. You've never been anywhere. You've never done anything. You don't know a lot. You haven't read a lot of books. And you get to this school and an institution that you've respected your entire life. And they quote Mein Kampf to you and this man's like hitler's words bewitched a nation Mm -hmm. what do you think it's going to do to some kid who doesn't know anything like what do you think is going to happen and it almost made me i i feel sorry for these police officers like that it's unfair what do you think they're going to do of course they're going to kill people
1: it reinforces uh, uh it reinforces a stereotype well it reinforces kind of an inkling of what they thought when they get out of their, When people get out of their small town thing and they become experienced and they have these interactions with other people, it's an impressionable time. And so when someone who is in a position of authority and someone you're trying to both impress and that you need for your job is pushing this stuff to you, it just reinforces some, some bias that you already have, Mm -hmm. which is,
0: and this is not, this is not, Please don't think that I'm intending to say that I'm excusing this behavior. Um, cops who hurt people should be punished for it and not be cops anymore. Um, but what I'm saying is, we focus in America heavily on individual responsibility, which is good. At that we we need to be responsible for ourselves and for, you know. But we also need to look at the system, and I think a lot of Americans are unwilling to do that. Um, and all I'm saying is, is if you take a white kid from a poor town policing a community that he's afraid of. And you tell him Hitler's words in this way, he's going to kill people. And we see it. I mean, uh, and everybody's like, well, where do you get this information? You don't even have to go to the second page of Google results. Like there's tons and tons and tons of lawsuits for excessive force from this relatively small police force.
1: And I'll put a caveat in there. I'm sure it's not universal, but there is a preponderance of evidence that's going to support that that kind of l- line from small town to power,
0: and yeah. So uh, anyway, the story broke. The high school paper, Manual Red Eye, went on to publish their article um, that detailed the presentation, detailed the police department's response to the presentation where they defended it, and it even for for the week that it was released during the election, it, it blew up. Like it was picked up by the New York Times, the Washington Post, just all all major newspapers wrote an article about it. So then, that's when I saw it. So I emailed the spokesperson for the Kentucky State Police, which is, um, they, they hired somebody new the day that this broke. I don't know if that, I don't know if those two things were coincidental, um, or if they decided that the guy who supported Hitler should be fired, or if they just happened to hire a new one the day the story broke. I'm not sure. I'm kidding. They obviously fired the guy that supported Hitler. and Anyway. My email got forwarded to somebody that works for um, the state governor's office. Uh, The state governor is a a Democrat. Uh, He um, got his spokesperson. It wasn't a spoke. It was she works for. I think she works for the city. I don't know if she works for his campaign. Anyway, that's irrelevant. She was the only person who knew actually how to respond to that. She said, these quotes are disgusting. We don't support it. We're looking into what happened and we'll let you know as soon as we know. So basically, she, they've, the emails got forwarded to somebody who knew how to actually respond. Um, so I sent her another email. And I said, hey, I have several questions for you. And she sent back an email that uh, re the governor's line of, this is disgusting. We don't condone this. She said, you can submit your questions to like an open records request. So mm-hmm. I did. Um, I sent in. And she didn't really tell me uh, which questions to send. It, so I just forwarded all of them to um the open records request. Right. And so um, we had, and then I got a pretty quick response from a um, lower level person where she just kind of basically said in Lee Lee's, like, you didn't submit this appropriately. You didn't, your questions do not really make sense for an open records request. However, I am going to send you the names and dates of all the officers that were educated with this uh, material. And so... This happened at the same time the governor said this presentation that quoted Hitler was used one time in one class Mm. in one year, Mm -hmm. uh, 2013, and has not been used before or since. So basically what this lady sent me was a document listing the names of 474 police officers and (laughs) telling me basically... This is who received the education. So the governor's lying. Mm. The Democratic governor is covering for this. Like, obviously, he's talked to these people. He knows more than I do. And this poor lady, like, just, I mean, she's going to get fired. She Mm. sent me all this, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. And so I tell a few people uh, that I trust, and I say, hey, uh, I got all this. She sent me the names of almost 500 police officers Is she confirming that they got this education? Because now that I have their first and last names, I can submit appropriate freedom of information.
1: For each one of them. For
0: each and every individual officer. And so I thought about it and I was like, I don't want to like release it and dox a bunch of police officers. That's not Mm. what what we're trying to do. It won't help anything. But I do think that this information needs to be in the hands of people who know what they're doing. So I found um, some reporters... That um, work for the Courier Journal, which mm-hmm. is the ones who picked up the story after the high school paper wrote it. And I emailed the kids that wrote the um, original article. I emailed all of them, and I was like, "Hey, listen, I'm a podcaster. I sent this email to this lady. She's <laughs> she sent me all of these names. I have no idea what to do with them, but I think somebody should be doing something. So, can you please do something? <laughs> I don't yeah. I mean I don't know what to do and you know, I got other episodes to write, but this information definitely needs to be out there. And I was really, I was really, I, I looked up like how to send a anonymous email. Cause I was like, what if this gets back to me? And what if somebody hurts me or David or like, cause they've done that before right. in places where, you know, police officers have retaliated against yeah. uh, journalists. And so I'm not that I'm a journal, I'm not a journalist, but anyway,
1: which gives you even less immunity. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, Just a bananas thing to happen.
1: Did they respond?
0: They did. Um, And their response wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Their response was... (laughs) (laughs) This is funny. This story has a great ending. Their response was, Michelle, we really appreciate you sending us this. Uh, They sent us the same thing. And we requested more information. And they sent us more information. And we published an article on it two weeks ago. And no one cares.
1: Oh, that's what they said? And no one cares? No, that was my emphasis.
0: But... I I am a person who is very invested in this story, and I didn't even see the article. The article, their updates, and um, basically what they said is: this has been this particular presentation was used for years. Presentations that also quoted Hitler, different presentations that also quoted Hitler were used for years, and presentations that didn't quote Hitler but said very similar things about violence and militarized police have been used since the '90s. So. It was exciting. So the conclusion was my big my big thing that I texted you about, and I was like, "Hey, I think we got something big." Turns out, no. No one cares. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah. one cares. Yeah, and so well,
1: and so no one cares because we're not garnering enough support for it. So this is where our Patreon listeners come in, because like you said, the same thing with Brianna Taylor, no one cared. Things got pushed stuff like that happens and gets pushed under the rug all the time. But people stood up and they talked about it and they wouldn't let it drop. Mm-hmm. And so that's how it changes. Yeah. But I think being aware also, cause it's going to be hard for people to act outside of their own community, mm-hmm. but now you can be aware within your own community of that kind of stuff too.
0: Well, and too like, cause when I started out doing the research for this, my contempt for the police grew a lot Mm -hmm. however when i read things like this it really helped me put things into perspective because because like what i mean like we were talking about earlier they don't stand a chance of being helpful to their communities if this is how they're taught and it's a systemic issue it's not an individual bad apple issue it's a systemic issue we need to restructure the police in america and i know that defund the police is not a popular thing to say because of the way they say it but what i'm mm-hmm. saying is police departments are shoved into roles that they should not be in and taught bad evil things that make them do bad evil things i'm not saying that they're bad evil people but this is so dangerous
1: it's the starting point for the criminal legal system yeah. and it's the same inequities we see in the criminal system that you see on the front lines with the police department Mm -hmm. it plays into the larger picture of it all
0: well and too like it gets into the because a lot of people are like well they're they're policing violent communities and yes in some cases they are but in a lot of ways they bring that violence there it's so hard because what runs through a cop's mind is does this person have a gun and it makes you say like Maybe we should rethink our gun laws. Should every person in the United States have a handgun? Like just that they carry around? Is that a good idea? Like it's just.
1: Now that's a topic. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, That was the, that was the bananas story. It is kind of
1: crazy. I mean, and this is just one, one incident, which I think the further back that you go, the more you'll probably find of not necessarily quoting Hitler, but For organizations, municipal organizations, because that's what they are, that Mm -hmm. are supposed to protect, serve, and represent a diverse population, yet the percentages and the training material immediately, immediately alienates and makes others of all these people. Mm -hmm. And so it's not coming together to how do we do this to make everything better, but it's how do we weed out the bad, Mm Separate the good, mm-hmm. continue to let the other ones, the good grow and the bad get gone. And when the system has been designed since the 1600s, 1700s mm-hmm. to support the the white.
0: Business owners.
1: Yeah. It's not, it's disappointing, but not unsurprising that it, it shakes out like this. Yeah.
0: Well, and too, like it, what you just said is, is people need to understand is that this is not, I'm not saying that this, that white people are evil, but the police were formed to protect white business owners. That's what they're designed to do. They're designed to protect capital and capitalists. And I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying it's, it is bad, but it, so I'm not saying it's bad, but it, it's just,
1: it needs to be called out for what it is.
0: Yeah. And they're trying, they're trying to say, well, we're trying to protect and we're trying to serve. But if you see the history of the Kentucky state police and what they've done to their community, who are you protecting and who are you serving? And so and one thing we talked about earlier and one of the questions that I asked them is they are unique in the fact that they wear a gray uniform. Mm. And so I don't think that I'm, I'm not saying that no other police departments wear gray uniforms. They do, but they're very proud of their gray uniform. And you can see that in the training materials where they put their slogan, which is the thin gray line on the slides with Robert E. Lee quotes. And I'm not saying that explicitly they wear gray uniforms to represent the Confederacy, I don't think they would say that, but they will at least hearken to it.
1: You know, something we we don't talk about, which has got to be a part of it as well, is the psychological efforts that are brought into it as well. So these, these gray uniforms, this thin gray line, these quotes, like it is a psychological training on the officers and something that they bring to the grounds that they patrol too. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of subconscious Mm -hmm. way of either protecting or intimidating or controlling a situation.
0: Well, and what one, one thing that I see a lot in, especially in these smaller towns is when you put a gray uniform on and you lovingly quote Robert E Lee and you have a ton of respect for the Confederacy and you have the Confederate flag at your house and you try to tell yourself that it's your history, not your um, hate. It's history, not or it's hate. our heritage, not hate. Yeah. I just I just want you to be honest with yourself and ask what you're fighting for, because everybody in America wants to. You know, I mean, we want to have good lives. We want people in our community to have good lives, and we want to make money and we want to do well. And we want to be successful. The big difference between. The Union and the Confederacy, the Confederacy, Confederacy said, we need to do that on the backs of slaves. And the Union said, the rest of the world is looking down on us. We need to not do that. Plus, it's giving, not that the, because the North was not. <laughs> they, they, didn't want, they didn't want to disband slavery because they were good people. It was bad for business. And that's all that really Countries
1: happened. quit doing work with them. <laughs> yeah. And, with them.
0: and it was giving the South, the the free labor of the South was affecting the cheap labor in the North. And so it was a trade decision; it wasn't a moral decision. I mean, Abraham Lincoln said, "If I could, if I could end slavery without freeing the slaves, I would do it." But there's no way to do that. He they, and and a lot of people were like, "Well, the North was good and the South was bad." No, they both wanted to make more money and do good business, and they had disagreements about how to do that. So, when you're defending the Confederacy, ask yourself, what specifically are you trying to bring back? And if it's If you don't admit to yourself that part of that is the dominion of white people, then maybe you're not being honest.
1: I think it was a good first Patreon episode.
0: I think it was too. There was a lot of stuff I forgot to put in there too. Even on the episode where I was going to tell you everything, I didn't even tell you everything.
1: It's okay. Leave the audience wanting more.
0: (laughs) Oh, and hey, uh, you should also email uh,
1: The the
0: Kentucky State Police Department and ask them. If they plan on changing their training materials, how they plan on doing that, and how they plan on focusing on transparency, you should email Governor Andy Brashear, the Democrat that lied and protected them. I shouldn't say that. He may have not lied. He may have said what he thought was true at the time, but he certainly hasn't corrected it. And what we can see from this article, from the journalist that I emailed, this information, these training materials have been used since the 90s, and the information they sent me was from 2007 to 2015, and that was five almost 500 officers. So if they've been doing it since the 90s, that's probably
1: that's thousands of yeah.
0: officers. So, yeah, and that should scare you.
1: Check the uh, Patreon for extra links, links to the article, and other information that we have. Thanks for joining. Thanks for supporting us. And we were able to do this because uh, Michelle has a passion and we have an ability, but hopefully this is just... Uh, our way of of helping everyone kind of know and experience.
0: And I'll link all these um, articles and things in the in the show notes so that you guys can go look. I recommend that you do look at the presentation because I feel like we don't do it justice when we t- when we talk about it like that. That you can't really see what what it is and how dangerous it is unless you look at it for yourself. Coolio. Bye, friends.